Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm an integrative and functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in well over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs. And I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a school in practitioner mentorship where we help other clinicians level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what this show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Now give me the mic so I can take it away. Hello, friends. We are back. I'm recording today's episode pretty much in real time, but as real time as it gets for podcast recording. So this will go out. I'm recording on a Wednesday and this will go out next Tuesday. So yesterday we released the first ever Manifest Your Health coaching episode, and there will definitely be more to come after all of the feedback that we've received. Super cool. We heard from Hillary herself and I like her email was just pure magic. So sending love out to Hillary and um, so, so happy that that resonated with her. But also in a surprising twist, a lot of people who are not Hillary reached out and was, was like, that was really helpful. So we'll definitely be doing more of those. I have quite a few submissions. We'll just, we're just going to organize them and kind of keep them in a folder and cycle through them. But you are more than welcome to submit your own uh, case you can go to the functional nutrition, uh, forward slash contact. So just go to the contact form on our website, basically. And we just ask that you put in MYH coaching as the, um, as the, the subject, just so we can help to, you know, organize ourselves. And the, the one thing that I ask is be comprehensive, like make sure you give me enough details to work with, but be as brief as possible. The likelihood that I'm going to go through like two pages of your health history is pretty slim to none, um, just from a time perspective. Uh, so that's the one, that's the one thing that I asked, like try to keep it to a couple paragraphs if you can. And, um, yeah, we'll just, we'll keep this going. So eclipse season, how was it? How was it for all of you? (laughs) It was a rough one. It was a rough one. Um, what I kept feeling like is, and I'm not an astrologer, so I'm not going to kind of explain the whys or the what's and the hows behind eclipse season. The, I'll, I'll, this is like my poor man's version of it is like eclipses tend to bring up shadow stuff. So it tends to reveal things that, um, are kind of lurking in the shadow, things that we don't really pay attention to on a day-to-day basis, but things that really need our healing. They need our attention. They need to be brought up to the surface so we can look at them head on and be like, what stays and what goes. And with the past couple of months, the vibe that I was getting, it's like real, like can't take it with you energy. That's how I felt. There was a lot of opportunity, like things were getting presented to me as an opportunity for me to say, am I going to bring this forward into the next year? In order for me to live out my intention, 
I don't think I can take all of this stuff with me. I don't want to go into 2023 with a bunch of baggage. So let's unpack the baggage. It's like we used to, um, uh, we have a refinished upstairs. So our attic space is you walk up the stairs and there's two rooms, one to the left and one to the right. The one to the left is refinished. It was all refinished when we bought the house eight years ago. That's Scott's office. The one to the right used to be, if you like opened the door, stuff would come crashing down on you. We would just, we packed it to the absolute gills with everything like baby toys, baby clothes from Hattie. Sorry about that. I'm going to turn this off. Um, just like junk Christmas, Christmas decorations, like anything you could imagine just went into that room. Right. And there came a time when I just cleared it out. We packaged it up. We donated a lot of stuff, gave things away to family, you know, the drill. And it felt so good. And that's, but when I was doing it, it sucked. (laughs) It sucked. You know, it's emotional, sentimental going through baby stuff. We knew, we knew years ago that we weren't going to have another baby. Um, and so, you know, it's like you're going through little baby clothes and baby shoes and all that kind of stuff. And then it just, I don't like to organize. It's not fun for me. So, but that's what it felt like during this eclipse. It's like all this stuff that I've just shoved into a room and closed the door and was like, I'll get to you someday. It's like, someday is here. (laughs) So there were a lot of really uncomfy, sticky situations. And I was determined to mine for gold in those sticky situations. Like I wanted to, I I was determined to collect wisdom and data. And now it's like, okay, I've got a lot of data from all of that. And now it's like the real work begins because I have to actually incorporate that data into change. It's not just the awareness of stuff that affects change. It's like actually doing something with that awareness. So by the way, stay tuned. If you stay tuned all the way to the end of this episode, we'll get into more on that as it relates to today's topic. So according to my chart, this eclipse really highlighted work life, um, work life, and then energy reserves and the balance between the two. And P.S. I know that I, I subscribe to the uh, Chani app or Chani, I should say Chani app. Chani Nicholas is an astrologer. Her app is so good. Um, not an ad or anything. I just really, really like it. And I, so I, I felt some of those uncomfy, sticky situations in work and had some big feelings about that, about certain aspects of my, of my work, one of which being social media, which is kind of what today's podcast is all about. I have, I was feeling hyper, like saturated, uh, hyper stimulated, and to use Chani's term, I was overworked. And when we're in a season of overwork, or high workload or high stress, we have the option to tap into our reserves, right? I've talked about a concept of energy bank before, whether you've done your hormone revival with me or otherwise. And when we're, when we've got to kind of like push through something, we can lean on our reserves to get us through. And it's a beautiful system, but that system only works if we actually have reserves. So we have to, and many of us don't, right? We, many of us don't. So we have to have the ability to assess when our energy tank is getting drained and what specifically is draining that tank. And then we have to figure out what can we do to fill it. 
because we want to sort of preemptively fill it. We don't want to wait till it's empty to do so. And doing all of this requires a connection to your body, a connection to yourself, connection to your higher self. Lindsay Mack, who um, is the podcast host of Tarot for the Wild Soul, who I adore, her most recent episode was published last week. She was talking about queens. I, again, I am not, I am not a tarot expert at all, at all. So I'm going to use her verbiage here. Queens represent, the queens in the tarot deck represents a calling, an invitation to come home, to reclaim some part of ourselves, to visit some part of ourselves, to get some one-on-one deep time with us. And when the queens are reversed, something along the way or somewhere along the way, there was a knock at the door and we didn't answer. There was some message from our body. There was some message from our intuition saying, hey, this is what I need from you. And for whatever reason, we were like, I can't, or we didn't even, we didn't even hear that message. And I think this all relates to this conversation on, of social media because we are hyper connected through social media. And at the same time, we are not connected at all. We are hyper plugged in. I can look around at my desk and I mean, literally plugged into a great many devices right now. And yet we're not plugged in to ourselves. We're not plugged into the world, like the the natural world around us, maybe I should say. We're not plugged into our own circadian rhythm. We're not plugged into our menstrual cycles. We're not plugged into nature cycles or moon cycles. We're not plugged into our own innate wisdom. We're not plugged into our intuition. We're not plugged into our own body's messages and communication systems. And this disconnection we know breeds disease. I'm not telling you anything I haven't told you before in the past five years of this podcast. So we have to find a way to have more balance between the two. And I wonder, is social media disallowing some of us to find that balance? So today is like a think piece on social media. It's one of those episodes where I'm like, why am I recording this? It's more like a dear diary and me processing through my thoughts than an episode, I don't know, like packed with like solid health advice. But funnily enough, it's these episodes that tend to really resonate with a lot of people and stir some things up. And this topic has been so sticky in my brain. I mean, I get probably like 25 podcast ideas in a week and not all of them have staying power, but this one I just kept coming back to and kept coming back to. I was journaling through it. I was thinking through it. I was taking notes in my phone and I'm like, I think this one might have some legs. It's all about social media and my feelings about it lately. And I couldn't decide because I've been feeling this for a while and I, I couldn't decide if it was just a me thing. You know, sometimes we go through these phases um, and I'm like, maybe it's just a phase I'm in. But the more people that I talked to, the more I was getting a sense that this is kind of a collective feeling right now. So I did what anybody would do in this situation, and I took to Instagram. (laughs) I pulled social media to ask how y'all were feeling about social media. Um, And my question was, one, have you felt overwhelmed 
by Instagram lately. That was my phrasing, lately. Not just in general, but lately. And the vast majority said yes. I forget the exact percentage, but it was, you know, it was a lot. It was over 80% at least. So then I wanted to drill in a bit further. And my follow-up question was, can you pinpoint specifically why? Is it just a general, like amorphous sense of overwhelm? Or is there a real specificity to why you're feeling overwhelmed about Instagram? And I was expecting like maybe a small handful of answers. This is a a few weeks ago now. Um, I was super surprised by how many people chimed in. When people like come out of the woodwork to like go out of their way to chime in, I know we're we're dealing with something that that people are feeling. So I'm going to talk about exactly that, our collective felt experience. And I don't have all of the answers. I am still attempting to find some clarity for my own self within this episode. So I'm going to talk about my thoughts, my feelings, my experience of it all, both as somebody who creates content for social media and as somebody who consumes content on social media. Um, I'm definitely going to leave you with a lot to think about. This is my suggestion. I call this a think piece, and that is the purpose of this. I, I want you to think about what I say here. And more specifically, think about how you feel in relation to all of this, especially if you have felt burnout, Overwhelm, hyperstimulation, understimulation, um, lack of focus, or just like lack of motivation. I really want you to think through some of this stuff so you can unpack is social media part of that? And if so, what can you do about it? And I think this conversation is relevant whether you're a content creator or a consumer, if you're an educator or somebody to, looking to be educated, if you're a business owner, if you're not a business owner, if you're a parent or caretaker of young kiddos or teens, or if you're just some mix, some motley mix of all of the above. The fact is social media is here and it is here to say, and it's an omnipresent part of our lives. So I think we really need to figure out a way to engage with it in a way that supports us and makes us feel good. And from what I'm hearing and seeing and living, that is currently not the case. So I will, I promise to do this, leave you with some strategies at the end of this episode to consider whether you decide to take a break from social media or you just want to change how you engage with it, change your relationship to it. But one of the one of the topics we're going to get into is unconscious con- consumption. And so what I ask you to do with this episode, especially if you're somebody who is like the ultimate multitasker and you listen to podcasts at like 2x speed while you're like doing 12 other different things and you're only half listening and you're just consuming and consuming and like taking all this information in, maybe this is an episode where you practice like slowing down a bit or or channeling some of your focus into listening to what I say and paying attention to your reaction to it, whether it's a mental reaction or an emotional reaction or a felt body sense. You know, some of some of some of what I'm gonna tell you at the end, it's like I, I think we have to practice like stealing back our presence, stealing back our attention, stealing back our focus. And so you can use this episode as a way to practice this. 
All right, before we get into this, my athletes and my fitness freaks, are you getting enough electrolytes? You kind of need them. They're kind of a big deal. You lose a lot through sweat, but just don't be replacing them with any of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no fillers, no yuck. You need Element. It's not only delicious and wicked convenient, mixes in water super easily, but it also contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium. You can get a free sample pack. That's eight single serve packets for free with any Element order when you go to drinkelement.com forward slash Funk, the deal's only available through my unique link to thank you for listening to the show, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash F-U-N-K. You can try it risk-free. So let's get into the, uh, the Instagram poll. These are the main responses. I organize them into three main categories, right? There's three main categories of why people are feeling overwhelmed on social media. One is it's just too much. Two is comparison, makes people compare themselves to others. And three, distraction. So too much. People said it's just too much info. Information overload, inundated with information, taking in too much content, too much info readily available, too much advice coming at me, too many things to keep up with, trying to keep up with all the posts. It's hard to keep up. So much to take in, too much to process, constant incoming information. It's just overwhelming. How do I retain and implement all this information that I'm learning? So much chaos. It's loud and overstimulating. Okay. So a lot of the too much. And then comparison. A lot of people just, a lot of people just said comparison, one word, comparison. Uh, the pressure to keep up, too many, not enough messages, feeling inadequate, the need to keep up with everyone else, feels like a giant contest. And then the final category is distraction. People are just saying it, it, it is distracting. It's a constant distraction. It sucks me in. It's a time waster. My brain feels fuzzy after scrolling for so long. It's an addiction. It's addictive. I can't stop scrolling. I get scroll anxiety. I'm on it more than I want to be, and I'm neglecting other things. So, woof, it's a lot. <laughs> Somebody said, feeling like you have to keep up with all the important creators on here, but feeling overstimulated at the same time. It's exhausting as a consumer. And as a consumer, I can absolutely hear that. And I can also attest to the fact that it's exhausting as a creator too. So everybody's exhausted. I'm like, who, who's making the rules here? Because we're all burnt the fuck out. We're all like, it's too much. I'm exhausted. And yet look at us all continuing to participate. It's kind of a wacky system, is it not? Uh, Capitalism has really taught us to extract every last drippity drop from ourselves. So anything less than this feels like a failure, right? And I think that really plays into what we're experiencing with social media. I'm sure you've heard this term, rest is resistance. That's why. 
That's why. So I want to give you some insight in case you're not somebody who runs a business or produces content and said you just are consuming the content, give you some insight into what other business owners and creators are saying. Because of course I have a lot of uh, practitioners and business owners that follow me and it was interesting to hear their perspective too. Uh, somebody said, it's both a distraction and where I know I need to spend time to grow my business. It's hard to keep up as a creator and a consumer. The bar is set so high to keep up in my business. Like I have to nonstop put out new reels and content. It makes me feel like I'm not moving quickly enough. Ugh, I'm like, I need, I need an exhale after that. So the, the deal is Instagram in particular, I'm, I'm just really super focusing on Instagram just because that's where my, you know, um, I don't know, skill set is I'm not, I'm really not on other platforms. So, uh, I'm going to talk specifically about Instagram, but I'm sure this can extend to a lot of other stuff, but Instagram promotes recency. So there is this sort of like need to post every single day to stay relevant, to be visible, to grow on the platform, right? All the things that you want to do as a business owner. Um, I was just the other day. So obviously I've been thinking about all of this stuff. I usually chew on stuff for a few weeks before I, I put it into, or even a few months, honestly, before I decide to do a, an episode on it and kind of organize all my thoughts. So I've been, I've been chewing on a lot of this and I went to make a smoothie and the smoothie that, that I was making, it's like a knockoff version of the faster than light smoothie from a local place called the juicery, which is probably my favorite smoothie ever. It's just so good. It is, they use carrot juice. I use um, just whole carrots. So I, I have a Vitamix, so I can just chop up whole carrots. By the way, I never peel my carrots because carrot peels have awesome prebiotics for your gut. So I just chop, rough chop them up, throw them in the Vitamix. So carrot juice or carrots, and then, you know, some type of almond or coconut milk and a frozen banana, spinach, sunflower seeds or sunflower butter. I just use whatever I have on hand. And then sometimes I don't have that and I'll use walnuts, whatever. Ginger. So like a chunk of fresh ginger. Uh, cinnamon, I think maybe I'm kind of forgetting. Anyway, I do have my knockoff version at the, uh, on my, on my uh, website. If you want to go look there, I'll link it up in the show notes. Shout out to juicery because like, you know, I like straight up knocked it off from their recipe. <laughs> so but I like, I, I love it so much. I'm like, I need to go home and create this because the flavors are just kind of unique and I adore it. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is I was making that and it reminded me of, um, years ago when I, and I can't tell maybe like four or five years ago when I, um, wrote that recipe for myself and then I published it to the blog. I recreated the recipe. So I posted it to the blog on my website, and then I sent out a newsletter with the recipe in it, and then I posted it to Instagram as well. And four or five years ago, that would have been the one big piece of content that I created for the week. I mean, I was, if it is four or five years ago, I was also producing the podcast too. So, you know, but like in, ter in terms of like social media content, that would have been it. And I, I thought of that and it was such a jarring thought to me because I'm like, oh my God, now that would just be like a blip 
like a blip on the radar. I would create like, you know, like I could post a a smoothie recipe and then it's like chewed up and spit out the next day and people are like, more, 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 <laughs> you know? And I mean, and there's, it's just so different. It's so different. And I think there's a lot of creators who are like, how can I possibly keep this up? These feel like impossible standards, especially when social media is only one aspect of your entire business. Um, Like me, for example. And I will say I'm the only one doing my social media. I'm the only one doing my Instagram, which for a million dollar company, I recognize that's insane. Um, That's where like my control freakishness comes out. (laughs) where I have not wanted to outsource this aspect of my business. And so, you know, maybe the solution is actually hiring somebody for that. But it, like maybe it's a situation where rather than my social media being an extension of me, Erin the person, which it's always been, it becomes more of an extension of my brand, like the functional nutritionist. Um, but currently, as it stands, I am posting every single thing that you see. I have Jenna in my inbox helping out. So you'll get responses if you DM me from Jenna, but everything else, whether it's stories or main feed or whatever, it's me. I'm designing all of the, (laughs) when I tell people this, they lose their damn minds. I design all of the stuff that you see. Like I do it in Canva. Like everything is me, (laughs) everything. So, you know, that could be part of it. Um, and I want to say here too, because a lot of people, I, I have a lot of gratitude for Instagram. And I, I think that's an important part of this conversation. People have, because there's a real uptick in creators kind of being pissed that they're not getting enough, as much exposure as they once were. And we have to recognize that, you know, people have been able to build businesses through this free platform, which is an incredible thing. It's like a really cool thing. I didn't build my business on Instagram, um, but it has absolutely amplified it. And for that, I am so grateful. But the demands really have ramped up over the past few years. And I think a, a lot of creators are looking for ways to make those demands make more sense for them. Um, Somebody wrote in and said, a lot of accounts are moving to content focused on selling and it feels insincere. And so I want to stop here for a moment to provide some perspective. This is not a call out. I mean, I specifically asked people, why do you feel overwhelmed? So she was just feeling why she felt overwhelmed. But I'm attempting to help you think about this in a in a new way so perhaps it feels a little bit better to you um because i think that this is where the conscious consumption conversation comes into play which is essentially when i say conscious conscience consumption it's really hard to say that okay it's really hard to say that first of all but it's essentially being mindful of the energy the effort the time the care that goes into whatever it is you're consuming. So this could be food or it could be like education and entertainment on social media. Somebody produced that. Somebody created that. Somebody took time out of their day to do that. And I think it's imperative, and I'll, I'll make a case for why throughout this episode, I think it's imperative that we find a way to have some appreciation for that. Y'all know how I feel about reciprocity. 
It is the thing that is makes my nervous system feel good, great, grand. But there's very little reciprocity as a creator on social media. You know, I've talked about the concept of consume her culture where people are wanting and expecting more, more, more. And so just to give you some insight into, you know, how creators feel, this is like monetizing their content is a way to balance out the scales a little bit. And I'm sure that you don't expect people to do their jobs for free, but like, hey, guess what? We're in 2022, whether you like it or not, content creation and influencing is a real job. You know, people make money doing that. They make a living doing that. Companies and brands hire content creators and influencers. It's a new way to market. It's a new way to advertise. So I guess if, if you're feeling this way, if you're like, uh, content is just created for, you know, to, to sell stuff, I guess my question would be, would it feel more sincere to you if folks were just willing to show up and basically do free labor to provide you with entertainment and education? Because those are the two biggest reasons when I asked why people said that they were on social media, education, entertainment. So do you, is there an expectation on your behalf that people should just show up and provide that with absolutely no asks in return? Because that to me feels not like reciprocity, you know, it's just something to think about. You know, I think there's an appreciation factor that we all really need to consider here. Um, and I, I feel this as a consumer myself because of the, the speed that everything's happening. I do feel like Instagram's like a lot more chaotic, a lot of balls flying at my face all of the time. I am not present enough to even have the space to feel appreciation or gratitude for what I'm consuming. And that bums me out because I'm not sending that energy out to the creators, right? If anything, I feel more overwhelmed, sometimes even annoyed. That's not good for anybody, right? That's not good for them. That's not good for me either. And in doing so, in not allowing my space, because things are happening so fast, in not allowing myself myself space to actually feel that appreciation, I am actually robbing myself of all the benefits of gratitude, which are profound. Gratitude balances our cortisol. Gratitude improves our secretory IgA. Gratitude supports and balances the immune system. And I'm robbing the creators of that experience where I'm sending appreciation out to them. And I think that there, this is something that we need to bring back online. Okay, podcast buddies, I want to take a sec to shout out Organifi Green Juice because I have had my family drinking a lot of it lately. We recently had our well water tested and guess what? We found out that we have arsenic and uranium in our drinking water. Not crazy uncommon for New Hampshire, but still pretty gnarly. So I'm using Organifi Green Juice as part of a gentle detox support. It's got wheatgrass, moringa, spirulina, chlorella, matcha, All of these dense green powders can be extremely supportive here. The green juice also has a clinical dose of ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen that I love for stress reduction, relaxation, healthy immune system, healthy hormones. It comes in two flavors. Both taste great. We've got original, which is like a minty flavor, and then crisp apple. Also, 
Organifi powders are glyphosate residue free, which is a really big deal when you're buying any superfood powders, especially if you're doing it with the intention of helping you detoxify. So you can head to Organifi.com forward slash funk to save 20%. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash F-U-N-K to save yourself 20%. Now, from a content creator perspective, as somebody who produces content that other people consume, how I'm feeling now, it's like knowing how much energy, attention, time, care it takes to produce like really good quality education. But then at the same time, knowing and feeling like that content is just being like hungrily consumed, yet not satiating anybody. It's like that concept of hungry ghosts. We just consume, 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 but we really never feel fully filled up. And then on top of that, there are like people who just continue to show up, not just demanding more, but actually expecting those demands to be met. We've sort of set this precedent that like whoever's producing stuff on social media is there for you. And there's a little bit of an entitlement factor baked in, in my experience anyways. And there's very little thought, there's very little care, and there's very little appreciation for the person who's showing up to meet those demands. And on top of that, so that already like puts you in a position where you're like, this doesn't feel great. But then on top of that, hearing that so many people are just feeling like it's landing as too much, there isn't really a huge motivation to like want to show up and produce more, you know? And that I think this is why creators are just straight up leaving the platform. Um, And I'm sure you've seen this, like there's sort of been like a mass exodus of some people just being like, I can't do this anymore. Um, These these are three different, from three different creators. I hate it here. (laughs) That's what they wrote in. Dude, I am over it. There's such an obligation to be there. And it's like, I don't want to consume content or consume stuff that was created from a sense of obligation. Like, oh, yuck. I want to consume stuff that was created from a place of like, ooh, I'm really inspired. I'm really motivated to share this because it feels good. Um, somebody said, I haven't felt the desire or the energy to participate in a way that feels productive. And I I can really relate to that. It's like, it feels a little bit like screaming out into the abyss, which does not feel productive. And I don't want to just like produce content for the sake of producing content. You know, that's not how I live my life. It's not how I've grown this podcast audience. It's not how I've grown my business. I want to share something when I feel like I have something worth sharing. I don't want to just share something because I have to check the box of like, oh, I posted today. And on top of that, like you can, I I think, uh, you can really only learn so much in like a 60 or 90 second video. It's literally why I started the podcast five years ago was to create space for context because we're, we're trying to pack in so much information, yet we provide ourselves with no time for integration. You know, going back to episode 222, I talked about that integration piece. We have to create space for this, and there just isn't space. We are, we are filled to the brim with stuff. And I think a lot of it is starting to land as white noise. I'm just like, I don't want to spend 
you know, an hour or two creating a post and putting my care into it for it to just land as white noise. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, it's a, nobody wins in that scenario. It just doesn't feel good. Now, podcasting, on the other hand, to me, it feels a lot more mindful. This is both when I'm listening to podcast and also when I'm podcasting because you're intentionally opting in to listen to this versus, you know, bumping into one of my posts when you're mindlessly scrolling. Everything I do in my work really requires a lot of care. And um, I want to just place my care in the places where I know people are there wanting to benefit from it, Um, which is really why I've been putting more of my attention and my care into the podcast over social media over the past few months or putting more care into my clients, into my students, like just being more available in those places because I can feel the the reciprocity a little bit more. It's kind of like, to me, it feels like a little bit of the difference between fast food versus homemade meal. <laughs> I don't know. When I think about, you know, social media, short form, form content versus podcast and long form content. But with, with, with the podcasting, you kind of have to be more present. I, I asked one of my business coaching clients, I was like, we were talking about something in her business. And I said, is there any content that you just really look forward to? Whether it's a newsletter, like a newsletter that you always read when it ends up in your inbox or a podcast when you get the notification, you're like, yes, for me, it's Lindsay Mack's podcast. I'm like, whenever I see her podcast pop up, I'm like, I'm just filled with such deep gratitude and appreciation. She had a baby. And so she took time off and it was like, I missed her. I missed the podcast. I get so much benefit from that podcast that I'm like, oh my gosh, I just feel such a deep sense of gratitude for the work that she does, for the fact that she shows up week after week. And I get so excited. And it's one of those things that I'm like, I don't multitask. Like I will gear up. I will go for a walk in the woods. I will put my, you know, my, my headphones in and I will just like really deeply like take that in. It's like a sacred thing. Um, or even an Instagram post. There's a couple of accounts that I follow that I'm like every single post, I am reading every single word and I'm saving it and I'm coming back to it because their content is medicine for me. Um, And I want you to really think about that in terms of the content that you consume and pay attention to the energy behind that. So this is a lot of what I teach in the energetics of expansions, how powerful our energy is. This is really for business owners. You can, you can purchase the course. Uh, if you go to functionalnutritionacademy.com forward slash courses, but we'll link it up in the show notes, of course. Um, but like our energy matters so much. The energy behind a piece of work really matters. And if you think about that like the the stuff that you really look forward to chances are there's like a presence there there's an intention there's a there's an energy behind that versus feeling like somebody just produced that piece of content to check the box like oh i posted today i can move on you know like there's there's a real dare i say like palpable difference so with all of that said let's move on to the distraction part because Honestly, this is what got me on this whole train of thought about reevaluating my relationship to social media. I was feeling so scattered. Um, and I've never had 
an issue with focus in my life. Like I've already always had like pretty clear, crystal sharp focus. And all of a sudden I did it. It was really hard for me to focus. It was hard. I would get distracted really easily. And I, you know, that's nerve wracking. I mean, my brain is, you know, it's an expensive brain. <laughs> a lot of good things happen up here. I kind of need it to stay sharp. You know what I'm saying? So I was like freaking out and was like, what's going on? Just to, I will say this because I love leveraging some plant medicine. And I, it was right around the time that Ned's new brain blend came out. And I was like, I have it in my hand right now because it sits on my desk so I can take it every single day when I sit down for work. And um, it's a combination of hemp extract, CBD, CBG, but then it also has ginkgo, gotu cola, bacopa, Siberian ginseng, and lion's mane, all things that are really important for your brain. And Um, so I've been taking that for the past couple of months and it has definitely made a difference. So I will say that I'm, I put some action steps into my life. I don't think we can just like CBD our way through life, but it does help. Um, so you can check that out if, if that is, if brain health is of concern for you. Um, these products allow you to really be the best version of yourself, but you can get 15% off Ned products if you use the code FUNK, F-U-N-K. So go to helloned.com forward slash FUNK or just enter code FUNK at checkout. Either one will work. Uh, that's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash FUNK to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned. So here's where the gratitude piece comes in. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. So I did do that, but I also really started thinking about my smartphone use and my social media use. Um, So here's the deal. My daughter's eight years old and she is not allowed to use a handheld device. Yes, we're those parents. She's never had one. Uh, we do have an iPad that we let her use when we, like once a year, we drive down to either Maryland to see uh, my sister-in-law's and her family, or we go to see my mom in Florida. So we do like a wicked long car ride once a year. So we do bust that out. And then she goes like wild <laughs> for like 12 hours straight. Um, but outside of that, it's a no, it's a no go. And we made this decision early on for health reasons based on the research it's, it's just like a non-negotiable, like, right. Just like she doesn't eat bags of candy on the reg. It's just handheld devices, not something that we do in my household. This is not a, I never talk about parenting. I never talk about kids stuff because people lose their shit. This is not a critique on anybody else's parenting, but these are the decisions that I've made. It's like, you know, I do, I do health research for a living. So I, if I didn't act on that, you know, you guys should be like calling my integrity into question, I think. Right. So anyway, I know that like Silicon Valley execs like Apple, Google, Snapchat, the people who are inventing the technology limit or restrict their kids access to it. That's kind of a red flag. Right. 2019, there was a study published in JAMA Pediatrics, which is a very, you know, legit medical journal uh, that investigated the neurobiological effects of screen watching in children. And they referred to it as an uncontrolled experiment. The risks associated are language delay, poor sleep, impaired executive function, and cognition. Hello, cognition. That was my issue. Decreased parent-child engagement. 
Um, Marie Swingle, she is a neuropsychologist who treats kids with troubled behavior, attention issues, and addictive patterns. She's the author of iMinds, How and Why Constant Connectivity is Rewiring Our Brains and What to Do About It. This is a quote. Um, There's less ability to focus on the normal, the baseline, including states of observation, contemplation, and transitions from which ideas spark. P.S. This is my own insertion here. (laughs) My own insertion is that this is what I'm talking about when I talk about mental white space, creating space for creativity. Uh, So she says, what many under the age of 20 now consider a void, proclaiming boredom. On a biological as well as cultural level, such brain state changes affect learning, socialization, recreation, partnering, parenting, and creativity. In essence, all factors that make a society and culture. The neurophysiological processes that regulate mood and behavior are deregulating. So lately, I started to question embarrassingly for like legit the first time ever, why am I allowing myself to do the same thing that I've deemed so problematic for my own kid's health and her brain development and her mood? Hmm. That was a, that was a tough question to ask myself. Uh, Denmark's children marketer, Martin Lindstrom says, we are forcing the brain in the wrong direction. This is both psychologically and neurobiologically. Dr. uh, Shimmy Kang, who is a psychiatrist and author of The Tech Solution, Creating Healthy Habits for Kids Growing Up in a Digital World, says that smartphone and social media are engineered to keep young brains glued to their screens by finding ways to reward them with hits of dopamine. So dopamine, our good old pal dopamine is one of our brain's feel-good chemicals. It is uh, really an essential chemical in the addiction process, as Gabor Mate says, and he's kind of an addiction specialist. Uh, She goes on to say that the phone has been designed by the world's top neuroscientists and psychologists. If if I've lost you, if you're like, this is blurring, I've checked out, I'm going to call you back right now, boo, calling you back in. I want you to hear this one. The phone has been designed by the world's top neuroscientists and psychologists who have taken all of our most sophisticated brain research and understanding of human motivation and reward cycles and have embedded it into devices. So there's this company called Dopamine Labs. It's started by a neuroscientist and software developers whose entire business platform is to consult companies to help them engage and release dopamine. So I was like, I got to a point where I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, what the F am I doing? I feel as though my own neurobiology is being weaponized against me and I'm allowing it. I'm opting into it, you know? And I'm like, what is this doing to our creativity? What is this doing to our attention spans? What is this doing to our moods? What is this doing to our ability to connect? And you know what? Let let me actually take a little bit more ownership here. What is this doing to my creativity? What is this doing to my attention span? What is this doing to my mood? What is this doing to my ability to connect? And so this is where I actually took a step back. 
And you can come up with every excuse in the book of why you can't take it a step back. I sure as shit did. I'm like, my business is going to crumble to the ground. Um, no one, I repeat this, no one, I repeat this again, no one is going to give us permission to take a break, right? We have to write our own permission slips here. We have to permit ourselves to take breaks. And I, I knew I needed one, not necessarily from a burnout uh, perspective, you know, like I wasn't like, I need a break, but I, I needed to take a step back and it wasn't a full break. I, I mean, I just wasn't putting pr- any pressure or any shoulds on myself to post. And I'm still in that phase to be clear. I am still pretty present in stories because I love me some stories. Like I love being in stories. <laughs> I could post a hundred stories a day. I'm obsessed. So it's not so much that, but just more like posting to the main feed. Um, but I needed a step back before I could strategize or refresh or reinvent my relationship to social media, I needed to step back and assess how am I feeling about this? And so that's kind of what I spent the first half of this episode sharing with you, all my thoughts and my backs and forths and, you know, how I'm feeling. So incidentally, this step back coincided with eclipse season. And even as recently as the lunar eclipse a couple weeks ago on November 8th, this is what I wrote in my journal. I feel scattered, like I'm not using my presence with precision. And I wrote, my power is in my presence. It's like, yikes. (laughs) Not really focusing my power here. It was like a big aha moment for me. And I do know that power, my power is in my presence. I'm sure I didn't invent that. It just like came up to me while I was journaling. So I I can't credit anybody because it came out of my brain into my journal, but I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that. Um, So I, I know that this is true, like deep in my bones. I know that this is true when I'm working with my clients, for example, I am fully present. When I'm talking to a friend, I am all there. When I'm teaching a class, when I'm recording this podcast fully, you have 100% of me. When you get me, you get all of me. And what's interesting, a few months ago, like right, like before eclipse season, like right at the start of it, um, I had three different friends independent of one another. And these three friends don't talk to each other. So it's not their, they're like, they're like, let's have an intervention with Aaron. Three different friends, independent of one another, within a span of 48 hours, all told me some version of you overgive. You have a tendency to overgive. They said this to me. And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I'm I'm not a people pleaser. I don't identify as a people pleaser. I don't overgive. And um, but they they, you know, they I have some good friends that like talk through shit with me and we're willing to elaborate. So one of my friends said, well, your podcasts like are really kind of high quality. Like those, some of those could just be paid workshops. Like maybe you just cut them down to 20 minutes. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to give less, you know, like that doesn't feel good to me. But in talking to them, what, what they really meant was when you're there, you're all there. When you give, when you're creating something, when you're, you know, when you're, when you're with somebody, like you're fully, deeply present and you give that 
all their energy to a lot of different people in a lot of different places. So that was like a little bit of like a harsh, harsh truth. And that's why I just like super pro- like uh, cherish my friends that are willing to like call me out on my shit. And um, I think it's that piece that was leading to scattershot energy. And I know it sounds like I'm talking about myself right now. Well, I mean, I am. But the reason that I'm saying all of this is because I know that a lot of you feel similarly. I know a lot of you can relate to exactly what I'm saying. So that's why this is not really a Dear Diary episode, (laughs) but I'm like, I wouldn't share this stuff if I didn't think it could help other people. I don't get on the mic just to talk about myself. That's what I have my friends for. (laughs) But like I know I I know I can guarantee that a lot of you are feeling like your presence is scattered and that might be with social media that might be other places social media might be a part of it it might not so one of the things that I wrote down in my journal this day was I'm going to share it with you because I think it's a phenomenal question it's a powerful question for all of us to ask ourselves how do I want people to feel when they're in my presence And so going through this, I mean, I have some very clear cut answers that I won't share with you that, you know, like they're kind of special to me, if you will. But I would, you know, I would write that down if you're on a walk, you know, pull up the notes section in your phone and jot that one down. If you're driving, don't do that. Maybe just look at the timestamp of this episode and be like, I'm going to come back to that one. But this is like a really good one to kind of sit with and think about. Or maybe if you're driving, maybe what you could do is just pause right now and then just like sit with that for five minutes and like think about that. How do you want people to feel when they're in your presence? Oh, I love that. I, I'm, I'm a kinesthetic learner. So like I like visceral sensations, like a big thing for me. And I like that question. I like feel that, you know, um, because I love when I'm with somebody. I just got this. Um, shamanic womb clearing from somebody. And I'm just like, I, when I'm in her presence, I'm like, you, I just, I'm like, how are you like this? (laughs) I feel so good. There are some people just being in their presence makes me feel like I'm receiving a healing. Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Please say somebody can identify with what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's like magical. It's powerful. But I only feel that way with people who are like fully there, who are fully embodied, you know? Anyway, I digress. But I'm kind of like, that's how I want people to feel when they engage with my content too. I want to like infuse my energy into my content. So some eclipse season lessons. Ready? Here's it. Drum roll, please. I want to be more intentional with where I place my attention my energy and my presence. So I do recognize that it was in a lot of places. You know, what my friends said are true. You know, part of the reason I felt scattered is because my presence is in a lot of places, social media being one of those places, right? And by the way, I had to clear out a lot of clutter in order to get here. It's kind of like what I was talking about, like cleaning out my attic. I had to do that before I was like, boom, here we go. Here's the big lesson this one's it, right? And I know I want to be able to continue to bring passion, to bring drive, intention, purpose, and like pristine energy into each and every piece of work that I offer the world. And as far as social media goes, if I'm going to continue to be there, I want to really create and curate focused 
content with like a deeper intentionality. You know, I like want people to feel that. And so all of that, I'm really clear about what I'm not clear about is like, is that possible given the current landscape of social media? Maybe that isn't, maybe I can't actually be everywhere and have that sense of like power land or that sense of like precision or that sense of presence, I guess, land. So maybe that looks like I put all my focus into like one to two pieces of really high value content each week, like this podcast, like this is not going anywhere. Trust me on that. Uh, I love it too much. Um, like my podcast and my newsletter, right? And then I hire somebody on my team to transmute that message to the rest of the world. I, I don't know. I don't know. The point is, and the take a home message for you too, is I've identified what no longer feels good and I've identified how I want to feel. And now I'm open to seeing some new solutions present themselves to me. Okay. So that. That is something that you can do, especially around social media. How do you currently feel? Does it feel good or no? If it doesn't feel good, how would you rather feel? Okay. And then can we open up to the possibility that you can feel that way? And maybe the, uh, the answers will, will download to you. That's the first step. I, my um, operations manager, Jenna, um, posted something on Instagram. <laughs> this is like kind of a, uh, like a meta episode, I guess. Um, but she posted this thing that said evolve or repeat. And I'm like, that's exactly how I feel right now. Like if it's not feeling good anymore, why do we want to repeat it? Why are we still doing it? If we've identified this feels like trash in my body, why are we still doing it? Right? The only option here is evolution. So how do we evolve? How do we evolve? And I, I want to say this before we move into different strategies and practices you can start to implement, because I think that's kind of cool too. Um, I do want to just say kindly that I know I've mentioned a few times that I may look to hire somebody. This is not an invitation to solicit me about a position with my organization. Um, I need to get real clear first. And when I am super clear, we will share the job description publicly. We're going to do it to my newsletter first. Um, we're thinking it's probably going to be at the pretty darn close to the start of the year. So just heads up, you know, subscribe to my newsletters if that's something that you're interested. I'm all for people just like shooting their shot and going for it. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not looking for that at the moment, but it will be soon. Okay. All right. Um, so for different practices, and I'm just going to say, just, you know, if you've made it this far, keep listening all the way to the end, keep listening all the way to the end, because again, I don't want you to just like consume this episode, but I want you to evaluate how you feel and then take that information and we're going to take that data because how you feel is information. It is data coming from your body. And then we're going to try to incorporate that data into change so we can feel better about it. And you might listen to this episode and be like, I'm done with social media. I'm not there yet, bro. I'm like, I, I can't quit you. <laughs> like, I don't want to. I, there's still aspects of it that I really enjoy and I'm not trying to leave. 
Okay. Um, but I do want to change my relationship to it. So this is kind of like a choose your own adventure. Not all of these are going to work for everybody, but kind of think about what is your struggle point with social media. If you find yourself using social media as a way to check out from your life or check out from your feelings, if you're like, I feel overwhelmed, I'm going to pick up my phone and scroll and scroll. Um, or if you're one of those people who feels like it's addictive, like you're in like a scroll trance, because that's exactly what's happening, by the way. Like you are like trancing yourself. Have you ever been like, what am I doing? What? Like I've been scrolling for 10 minutes. I don't even know. Like what just happened? What happened? I blacked out. Um, well, Frank, the tank action. Like if you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, like what, like your subconscious is taking in all that stuff. So you're basically being programmed with that. So if you've like done that, then actually taking a break could be extremely helpful. And it doesn't have to be like, I'm like this big declaration. I am off the social medias for the next month. You know, it doesn't have to be like a big shebang. I would say start small, take a three day break because, you know, we have that dopamine hit. It's like a dopamine eliciting activity. And so we want to give ourselves a break from that. So take a three-day break. And in those moments when you would go to pick up your phone, what you could do is wait for it, sit with yourself instead. Oof, get a little uncomfortable. Get a little uncomfortable. I have to tell, I'm going to call myself out right now. I wasn't planning on doing this, but here we are. Um, I Last week, I found myself feeling some feelings. I was really overwhelmed. I was feeling really uncomfortable. I didn't like the feelings. And I'm like, I, I sit with my, my shit. I really do. Um, but sometimes I'm like, I would prefer to opt out. How about a glass of wine instead? <laughs> you know, once I'm a human, you know, so sometimes that's it. But um, I was like, I caught myself going to stories to market uh, to tell people like I have one spot open for blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm doing this because that feels good. Marketing feels good. Telling people about my services and openings of my services feels good. That's like a dopamine hit for me. I'm like, yes, like I get psyched, like truly get psyched about that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm like, but I'm doing that not because I'm like, oh, I really have to tell people about this. It's because I'm like trying to make myself feel better because I feel wonky right now. So I didn't do it. I felt my feelings instead. So, you know, you could try that. You could try that. You might fill that space with meditation or breath work or journaling. You can read instead. I this is I did this a few years ago. I did like a social media break and I was trying to like break the habit of picking up my phone. So I would carry a book around with me. And every time I went to <laughs> pick up my phone, I would pick up my book and read instead. And I crushed some novels during that week crush some novels. <laughs> so that is something to, to just give you some space from that, um, that like, uh, that, that the addiction that people are talking about. Now, if you're just feeling like generally like icky about consumption, you know, just like, ugh, what I recommend is to take three pieces of content every day intentionally engage with them. So you bring your intention. You actually like sit with it. You bring your presence into it, whether it's a post or somebody's store, whatever it is, right? And then you can even take it a step further 
which I would recommend, and go out of your way to show gratitude. So you might comment on a post. You might leave a review on a podcast. You might share somebody's work and tag them to let them know. And it's like no strings attached to energy, just the act of expressing gratitude. Because I will say people will go out of their way to message me to let me know that they appreciate my work, which feels so good. And some people are even like, I'm not looking for a response. I just want you to, like, I just want you to know this. And that is like, holy smokes. Like I feel that so deeply. And then there are some people who I feel like the thank you gets buried because they like say thank you, but then we'll follow it up with an ask or they'll be like, thanks for this. And now I want you to do more for me, which I have a hard time feeling the appreciation when I feel like it's, you know, there's like strings attached energy. And I, as I say this, I know that there's some potential for that statement to piss some people off. Kind of like, who does she think she is energy? But I know (laughs) I've been around the block for a minute, right? I, I started my Instagram business handle in 2013. So almost 10 years I've been doing this. I've been playing this game, right? The people that are upset about me having boundaries in my DMs, I, they are not interfacing with thousands of people every single week. <laughs> so it's like you can have your big, strong opinions about you know how I take care of my nervous system. And also it doesn't really impact my life. Um, but the the sort of like onslaught really can feel like a lot on somebody's nervous system and on their energy field. And I'm never, ever going to apologize for um, supporting my own nervous system. So anyway, if you're going to do the expressing the gratitude, can you just do it for the act of expressing the gratitude rather than for like needing something in return, right? That's that reciprocity piece. And then if you're a creator listening to this, so that's for if you're consuming stuff and, you know, I'm definitely, this is something that I'm actively practicing right now because it's like, I want to send out that appreciation. I want to, I want to sit with somebody's work with intention because I know it was created with intention. So I want to give it the same respect, you know, as I consume it and appreciate it. But if you're a creator, when someone shares your work, take a moment to like feel the gratitude in your body. So when somebody shares a podcast or somebody shares one of my posts, first of all, I always say thank you. There's maybe a small handful of times that I don't, if I just like happen to, if I'm like off social media for the weekend or something and I just don't see it. Um, but I, I, just like 95% of the time, make sure that I say thank you because I appreciate that. That means the world to me, you know? And I think thank yous go such a long way. Thank yous are real underrated. The lack of thank yous on social media is astounding to me. I think I'm like an old lady, like an old fuddy-duddy because I'm like, they didn't say thank you. Like it's the lack of manners appalls me. There is, I can't even tell you, we have 104,000 uh, people on Instagram. Like I have 104,000 followers. So you can imagine that we get quite a lot of DMs, right? No big deal. I have Jenna there helping me out. And Jenna like goes out of her way to like be a helper. She'll like find people links. She'll generate, you know, she'll like give long responses and people don't say thank you. And it makes me so upset. (laughs) 
I'm like, you are on my naughty list officially. If you can't, if somebody goes out of their way to respond to you and you can't say thank you, like, what is that? What is that all about? It's that is like, this is it. That's like the unconscious consumption. It's like more, 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 more. I can't, I can't play the game anymore. I cannot do it. Like slow down, say, throw a thank you out into the universe, my dudes. Um, so thank yous go a long way. So if somebody's sharing your work, take a moment to like say thank you, but then also like feel the gratitude in your body. You know, like that feeling of gratitude, if you can feel it in your heart space, it's an elevated emotion. It's actually really healing for your body. And that gratitude can kind of like radiate out from you. I know that's a little hippy dippy out there, but it's also ooh, science. Um, okay. If you're somebody who compares if that was like your bag, um, clean up your feed, right? Be intentional about whose content you consume. And not everybody deserves access to your energy field. And it's like, it doesn't, we don't have to make somebody else wrong in order for us to take care of ourselves. So like, I don't have to invent, like I can unfollow somebody or mute somebody because their content is just not what I need. It's not landing. It's making me compare myself, whatever the storyline is. And it doesn't, I don't have to make up a story about them, about why they're bad or doing something wrong. You know, I can just say, Ooh, this doesn't feel well to me and it's my responsibility to take care of me. So I'm just going to disengage from this. You know, I have certainly unfollowed people, not because they're doing anything wrong, just because I'm like, this doesn't feel good in my nervous system. That's fine. You know, that's fine. Um, I also, I got this idea from one of my teachers, Dr. Alex Golden, and she said, set the intention to read posts from the identity that you want to operate at. So for my folks who have done body intentions breakthrough with me, and you know a lot about subconscious reprogramming and rewiring, um, by the way, you can purchase that course now. It's, um, we'll link it up in the show notes, but if you're, if you're, if you kind of understand the concept of creating a new identity and operating from that new identity, like read the comments from the new identity who has already had, had the healing, like has the emotional maturity, has the confidence. Um, this is what I did. I shared this in Energetics of Expansion. When I was going viral, when one of my posts was, or my, my videos was going viral, I was like, oh, I don't know. Those comments can be scary. And I, we have to teach the brain what to look for. It's the concept of filters. I just don't have enough time to get into teaching it right now. <laughs> Um, but if you've, if you've done YHR with me, if you've done body intentions breakthrough, if you've done energetics of expansion, you understand about the psych subconscious mind. So we have to really train the brain what to look for, what to hardwire in. Um, and my filters were set to look for trolls because that's what I was expecting. And I'm like, I can't hang. So I'm going to create new filters. People appreciate my work. I created like some mantras around this. And then I I really felt into this. People truly appreciate my work is, was one of the big things. And then every time I opened my phone and opened the app and looked at the comments, it was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this. This is so helpful. Like that's what my brain was seeing. So this, this really works. And so we, and I think this has a lot to do with the intentionality piece, the intention that we bring 
to our social media feeds, our intention that we bring to consuming social media, right? Be intentional about it. Bring some intentionality to it. And then with, if you're finding yourself triggered, you know my stance on being triggered. This is where the healing needs to happen. This is where the belief work needs to be done. Triggers are great opportunities for us to get to understand ourselves better, to understand our pain, to understand where we're operating from our wounds, right? It's a beautiful opportunity. So just pay attention to that. And ultimately, ultimately, I think that we got to steal it back, you know, like we have to take accountability for where we're placing our attention. Social media isn't happening to you, right? We have to take ownership and responsibility for where we're spending our time. It, it's like what I said earlier, I'm allowing my own neurobiology to be weaponized against me. I have to take ownership of that fact. It really reminds me of diet culture. Like the moment that I realized, like it kind of clicked in for me that people were profiting off of my shame, you know, that there was like an industry designed to make me feel ashamed about myself. And then people were making billions of dollars off of me hating myself. I was like, oh yeah, that's a no for me. Like this ends here. It's kind of like the same vibe. You know, it's, it's a similar vibe for me. It's like, we have to take it back. We have to steal it back. We have to steal back our presence. We have to steal back our human to human connection. We have to resist the unconscious consumption, like get conscious, bring your brain back online, pay attention. What are you doing? Bring your intention into it. Bring your presence into what you're doing. We have to steal back our feelings of appreciation in gratitude, right? And we have to make space to allow ourselves to feel this. So those are my thoughts. I know this is a beefy episode. I know there's like a lot to process here. Hopefully I gave you some things to think about and um, also gave you some like actual practical strategies. So I'll touch base, you know, I'll be here. I'll be here every week. So I'll touch base with you. I'll give you some updates on how I'm feeling about all of this. Right now, I I feel hopeful that I can find a way to like make it continue to feel good, even if that means there's an evolution or a change. I think I think I'm okay with that. All right, my friends. I'll check you next week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.